Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Hey, good morning, church. Uh, Just so glad to be with you today and uh, to be able to share this time with you. Uh, as you know, Pastor Travis, he's, he's taken a little bit of a break this week, a well-deserved break, and uh, this guy deserves a big break. It's a lot of work uh, during these times of you know recording and, and putting all this stuff uh, together and editing it. And so anyways, I'm, I'm filling in today for Travis. But you know, man, we're going to look back on these times with this whole COVID experience that we're going through. And, and I think all of us are starting to get a little excited. We're starting to see some things open up and we can go into some of the stores and stuff now. Um, so that's exciting. But uh, yeah, we're going to look back. I'm sure we're going to laugh at some of this stuff. Um, as you know, for me, I do part-time work at construction. And uh, <clears throat> this guy that was dropping some materials off to us one day, uh, he came in and I noticed he had his hair cut. His hair was shaved right off. And I said, Brad, I said, you, you got a haircut. He said, yeah. And I said, don't you know that's illegal? <laughs> Anyways, he said to me, uh, he said, yeah, well, my, my wife's a hairdresser. I said, oh, okay, okay, you're good then. So, but anyways, uh, you know, he had a, a lot of stuff going on over this time. And <clears throat> I wanted to come this morning, just, just bring you a simple word here out of Ephesians in chapter one. And, uh, you know, I've heard just kind of previous to this whole uh, pandemic, COVID, they're calling a pan- pandemic anyways, uh, uh, kind of this outbreak that's happened. Uh, you know, I've heard of three attempts, you know, of people uh, wanting to commit suicide. And it's, it's been a discouraging time for people in general. And, and some people, it's really, really weighed heavy on them. And I just want to bring this word out of Ephesians 1. And I'm going to call it, you know, let's about moving from who are you, you know, the question of who are you to who you are the statement, you know, because as, as a believer, you need to not just be asking, who am I? But we need to be able to say who I am, right? So let's move from that place. And in Ephesians chapter 1, in verse 3 to 7 here, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. You know, I just, I, I picked this passage because it's just such a, a snapshot of who we are in Christ and, and knowing who we are and learning to stand on that. And um, so I want to start here at verse seven, actually, and kind of work backwards so that in our lives we can walk forwards. Okay, so I'm going to start in verse seven uh, where it says, you know, in him we have redemption through his blood. You know, oh, how great, right, is the price that was paid for us. Like how high a value that God has placed on your life, placed on my life. You know, if you're listening this morning and, and, and you're not a believer, you don't really even 
know Jesus personally, I just want you to know that right now you have great value. He's put great value on your life because it was so great that he came into that place where he shed his blood for you. And we know in 1 Peter in chapter 1 and verse 18 to 19, it says there, um, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. So, you know, we were not redeemed with corruptible things. Nobody paid money. God didn't have anybody pay money for you uh, or put value on you. That's not, that's not the kind of price tag that God has put on us. But the value, the price tag he put on you was with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You know, we all get many gifts over the, the course of our whole lifetime, but none of them, not, not even all of them collectively, add up to the beauty of this redemption and value that God has put upon your life and my life uh, by that salvation that we have through His shed blood. You know, in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 there, I just about licked my finger, <laughs> Galatians 3 and verse 3, uh, it says, In verse 13, sorry, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. You know, curses are real. Curses are so real that Jesus had to become a curse for us. He had to become a curse for you and me to redeem us from the curse. And that curse was that he hung on the cross for you and for me. That's the value that he's put upon your life and my life. And he didn't do that because you are worthy of it. He did that before he even knew that you would come to that place and even be able to be made worthy because it's only through him that you and I are made worthy. And so, you know, the devil is always looking for a legal right into our life. And, and we can give him legal right in our life, but we don't want to do that, right? And, uh, and just a simple example of that in my past, uh, my brother came back from kind of a world traveling tour. This is going back years ago. And he brought me this little troll back. It was just a little statue of a thing, had this long hair, kind of ugly looking things, if you've ever seen them. And he brought me this troll and I had it for a number of years. Uh, and I even, when I first went off to agriculture college, I put this thing on my little shelf uh, why I brought it all the way to agriculture college, I don't know, but I had it there and I put it on there. And this is a point in my life which where I'm being drawn, uh, you know, Jesus is just drawing me to himself and, and the word of God is opening up to me and I'm, I'm being convicted about where I'm at in my life. And I see this troll that I have sitting on the shelf. And in that moment, I realized the Lord just kind of spoke to me and said, what's that doing sitting there on your shelf? And I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. What, <laughs> you know, what, why do I have a troll on my, on my shelf? And, you know, a lot of us can have in our homes all these little things that represent demonic things, really, because that is the background uh, of trolls is, is there's a lot of demonic stuff behind that. 
And so we just have to throw stuff like that. At. We, we have to do things like that that can give the enemy legal right uh, in our lives or in our homes, as well as, of course, you know, cleansing of our hearts, uh, things, attitudes, or things that we speak, things that we confess all the time that we shouldn't be confessing because God has put this high value in our life and we need to be confessing those things that God has confessed over you and me. Amen? So we are redeemed through His blood. And now in verse 6, uh, here again in, in um, Ephesians chapter 1, it says that we are made, we're accepted in the beloved. You know, we are accepted in the beloved. You know, oh, you know, how you and I long to be accepted, right? How we long to be accepted. We all, it's just such a thing that God has put in every one of us, in you and me. We just, we desire to be accepted. We desire to be accepted by people around us. And, and we have a hard time when we're feeling tension, right? In our relationships or feeling some sort of rejection from somebody else. Uh, whoever that may be. It could be your own spouse or it could even be a child or it could be your next door neighbor. But you know, we all long to have this acceptance. And the basis God is telling us here in His Word is that we are accepted in the Beloved. That is His Beloved Son. That's who the Beloved is here. It's His Beloved Son with whom He was well pleased. And God says, we're accepted in Him because of what he's done, because of what he's accomplished for us. And you know, uh, there was a time, a number of years ago, quite a few years ago actually, probably 15 or so years ago, and I was uh, in Ottawa and spending some time with a friend. And I was out for a walk one morning and I was really wrestling and, and struggling with some things. And it just began to rise up into, in me and I started confessing and, and saying with my own mouth, saying, I believe in me. I believe in me. I believe in me. And I just started saying that with real strength. And as I was confessing that, it's not, it's not like I was believing in my unredeemed self or in I was looking to myself for my own strength. But I just realized it was something that the Holy Spirit in me at that time was teaching me that I needed to believe in the Christ in me, you know, what he was in me. And, and many of us, you know, we make a profession of Christ and, and that's good and that's important. But God wants you and me to believe not just in Christ, but believe in the Christ in you, that's in you, that God desires to uh, work through you and allow him you know, to flow through us, the Spirit of God to flow through us and allow our lives to be confessing those things that He's confessing over us and to be thinking the thoughts that God has toward us and let those things, you know, just begin to, to permeate our nature, begin to permeate who we are and, and what we believe, you know, about ourselves. And, and we need to do that. And that so I just, I pray that and, and trust that for you, that you'll just find that encouragement to believe in the Christ in you and allowing him working in you. Uh, and then we come to verse five here in Ephesians chapter one. And it says there um, in chapter five that he has predestined us to adoption as sons. 
Okay, he has predestined us to adoption as sons. You know, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, probably a familiar verse for many of you, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. You know, when we stop and, and we recognize our past, we recognize where we've come from, uh, whatever that may be, you know, we realize just all the attitudes and, and all the things that we've carried in our past that are so unredemptive, ungodly in that sense, and that God still came to rescue us, to save us, to deliver us, and to call us his own children, like to call us his own sons and daughters. Isn't that amazing? You know, that God uh, has called us into this place. He's adopted us. And again, going back to Galatians in chapter 4, it says there in verse 6 to 7, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. You know, we have a spirit. You know, when we come and we ask Jesus to come into our heart and to live in our heart and say, God, I don't want to live my life for myself anymore. I don't, I don't want to do what I think I want to do, what I think is best. I want to follow you. And that's, that's the place I came to 37 years ago, which is saying, God, I've, I've lived my life my way and I've just found hurt. I've just found pain. Uh, that I brought upon myself. I want to I want to do life your way. I want to walk with you and Oh, what a beautiful thing when you come to that place and you realize that you're accepted in the beloved and that you're actually one of his sons one of his daughters uh, It's it's just a beautiful thing that begins to wash over you and you know sometimes uh, even now and it's it's not that when you come to him um, and some of you experience this it, we don't wrestle with stuff. We don't struggle with stuff that we don't feel discouraged. You know, we all still go through that. But the beautiful thing that I've, I've found is that often that's because the Holy Spirit is in me and he's working on uh, stuff, right, that's in there, that's in my heart that shouldn't be in my heart. And I just want to encourage you this morning that, you know, those times when you're going through stuff and, and you're feeling down, you're feeling discouraged, be encouraged that you're feeling that way because the Holy Spirit is probably stirring in your heart saying, hey, you got something here you need to deal with. You need to, you need to work out or a relationship with somebody. And, and so be encouraged that when, when you are feeling down, sometimes it's just simply because the Holy Spirit's working in you and saying, hey, this is not, this is not the you that I've called you to be. This is not the you that I have redeemed you to be, okay? And, and so God is bringing us in this journey and he's, he's working on these things so we can celebrate in that sense that right now we are mourning, as Jesus said, you know, uh, the world rejoices now uh, and you mourn, but the time will come when you rejoice. And so sometimes we go through these times where uh, we're discouraged, we're mourning things about our life, but it's really because the Holy Spirit's working on us and developing us as his sons and daughters and to walk as his sons and daughters. And so we need to be real about our mistakes. You know, we, we, we don't want to be... Um, 
We don't put on, put on a face, you know, and pretend that we're not something uh, that we're not. We don't want to be hypocritical, right? I mean, God has a, a very strong, stiff judgment about being hypocritical. But we, at the same time, we want to be optimistic, you know, even when we fail, even when we miss it. And you know what an optimistic son or a daughter in God does? They, they look at their lives and they say, you know what? Um, 30% of the time, you know, I did it 100% right. So even if you feel that you failed 70% of the time, you can say 30% of the time, I did it 100% right. Okay, that's what it means to be optimistic in God. And yet, you know, as I say, looking at your life, being real about your life, but, uh, but not staying there. We don't want to, when we're going through stuff, we don't want to stay in that place. We want to keep on growing. And we all have rights. And I think this time that we're going through with the whole COVID-19 experience, um, a, lot of, a lot of us have been feeling, you know, what are my rights in the midst of this, right? Some people, you know, we've heard about people they can't go to their cottages. Um, I've heard of principal, or principalities. I've heard of municipalities cutting off um, some of the supply to some of these people' cottages if they were on the town sewer system or water system to discourage them from going there, and and yet, uh, you know, so that brings up this whole feeling. Well, what are my rights as a as a person, and, and I believe it's important for us to stand up for our rights. I don't think we just need to lay down and be doormats, but at the same time, I do want to say this about rights, something that the Lord really showed me and encouraged me in a number of years ago, and that is, I have a right to be Christ-like. I have a right to be Christ-like, and if any time I'm pushing for my rights in such a way that it's going to cause me to become unchristlike, then I need to drop that. I just need to turn away from that and, and not try to push that because I don't want to miss out on being Christ-like. You know, it's better to just focus on your right to be Christ-like and those things that help you and encourage you to be Christ-like. And so we want to focus on that as we're considering what our rights are uh, at times like these and, and things that we're moving through. And then in verse 3, uh, again in Ephesians 1, verse 3, it says here in chapter 1 that we are seated. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You know, in Ephesians chapter 2, just a couple verses be, or chapters beyond here, Ephesians 2, verse 4 to, or verse 6 to 7, sorry, it says, He has raised us up to sit together and made us sit in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay? He's raised us up to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, a number of years ago, I was uh, driving along and listening to uh, this song on UCB, and uh, you might well remember it, uh, kind of, I forget exactly what the title of the song is, but the one part in the song says, I'll be with you in heavenly places. I'll be with you in heavenly places. Well, you know, I stopped and after a while I was kind of meditating on that and I got thinking, wait a minute, 
if I read correctly in, in Ephesians and I went back and looked it up, it says that I am seated with him. Like we just read here, I am seated with him in heavenly places. So, you know, it's a great song in the sense we will be seated with him in heavenly places, but let's not miss out as believers that right here, right now, that we are seated with him in heavenly places. It's present tense. It's not just future tense. It's present tense in this verse. And the cool thing, this connection I made uh, shortly after that, you know, in Psalm chapter 2 and verse 1 to 4, uh, it's speaking there about how, you know, the kings and the rulers, you know, how they've risen up and how they've uh, taken their cause against the Lord. And they've said, you know, let's break off their bonds and let's cast off um, the anointed of the Lord and, and his people. But it says in verse 4, it says, but the Lord sits in the heavens and laughs, for he shall hold them in derision. You know, the Lord sits in the heavens and laughs. So if I'm seated with God, right, if I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, I too, no matter what I'm going through in my life, no matter what you're going through, I can laugh. I can laugh because I know God is going to turn it around. I can laugh because I know who wins the battle. You know, I love it because God Whatever battle he fights, he always wins. He never loses a battle. Sometimes, personally, I lose a battle because I'm, I'm not listening like I should be and I'm not walking and following like I should be. And thank God, he's the God of second chances to help us get those things right. But, you know, we can sit and we can laugh too at the enemy, the enemy of our souls, the one who's trying to bring us down, the one who's trying to fill our mind with thoughts, uh, and try to get us off the path. We can laugh because God is able to raise us up. And so we don't want to fall into the scheme that so often the devil is, is putting forward where we're focusing on what is to come and, and the glory and the power that we're going to have in God. But we want to we focus right now on who we are in Christ and the authority that I have right now. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't just die to take your place. He also died to give you his place. Amen? Now, we know that he is the Most High, but at the same time, as we've just read, we are seated with him in heavenly places. You have an authority right now. He died to not just take your place, but to give you a place right now to be able to walk with authority, to be able to speak to your mountains. Amen. And, you know, in order to speak to your mountains, sometimes you have to start out just speaking to the bumps in the road. Sometimes then you, you move to speaking to the hills and then you can speak and move mountains, right? So wherever we're at in this process, sometimes it takes some development. It takes a process of us growing in him and growing uh, in that faith. And so we have authority now in the midst of the wrestle. And, you know, if we just go to the end here of Ephesians in chapter 6, it says here in Ephesians chapter 6, and uh, I think we're quite familiar with this wrestle, you know, that we have this, not with flesh and blood, but it's with powers and principalities. It says against uh, the rulers of the darkness of the age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Well, we're seated 
in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So right now, you and I can make an effective difference in heavenly places. Right now, while we're walking on the earth, we can make a difference in heavenly places by the way that we pray and, and by the way that we speak. We speak life, we speak faith, we speak hope you know, to people and, and to our own souls in the midst of these things. And the only way we're gonna do that is to know what, what's God say in his word about who you are? What does God say in his word about who I am? Okay, and we know these are the things we're finding, you know, that he's redeemed us with this precious blood, that we're accepted in the beloved, we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. And, you know, uh, so we just need to put our armor on here uh, as, as we're wrestling, as, as we're moving along in these things in life. And, you know, like the, the Reubenites uh, and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh, you know, they had an inheritance on the other side of the Jordan, right before the children of Israel moved over the Jordan and went into the promised land. They had an inheritance, these two and a half tribes on the other side, but they were commanded that they were not to settle in that place until they helped all the other tribes, all the rest of Israel to go in and take their inheritance. Well, you know what? It's the same for you and me right now. It's, we need to help other people to get their inheritance. And you know, God will help you to come into your inheritance as you help the next generation to come in and take their inheritance. You know, I find it amazing with Joshua and Caleb during that time. And as we know, they were two of the 12 spies that Moses sent out. And they were the only two who came back with a positive report and said, yeah, we can do this. We can go in, we can take the land. And that's because they knew who they were. They knew who they were. They knew who their God was and they, they believed in that. But because the other 10 uh, spread a bad report and they had to wander in the wilderness. This is, this is really incredible to stop and think about. Uh, they were not allowed to go into the promised land until that whole generation died off. But God promised Joshua and Caleb because they knew who they were and they knew who their God was. He said that they will go into the promised land. They would go in and inherit it. And they would help the next generation to inherit it. But they, in the meantime, they had to walk around. They had to wait for uh, that time for them to go in. And, and very, a very powerful truth for us. But, you know, the greater glory was them continuing to believe in God and helping that next generation come in to their inheritance. So I just want to finish off in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16 about, you know, we put on this armor uh, because of who we are in Christ. And one of those pieces of armor is the shield of faith right? The shield of faith. And we know in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says the faith is the substance of things hoped for. And so if faith is the substance of things hoped for, then fear is the substance of things not hoped for. Okay? You see that? You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Fear is the substance of things not hoped for. Because and that's the thing, you can't follow fear. You know why you can't follow fear? Because fear doesn't know where it's going. Fear only knows where it's not going. And that's been a lot of what we've seen going on during this whole COVID-19 experience 
is a lot of what's being given out there. And I know some people, they're, they're, some of the leadership out there that's governing our country and that sort of thing, they're trying to, um, they're trying to give direction to it. But really a lot of it is so fear-based. And all they're telling people is what they can't do and you can't do this and that sort of thing. And, and we, we could go on to that for a long time, but I just want to sum up and just simply say that you can't follow fear because fear doesn't know where it's going. It only knows where it's not going. Only faith. You have to be a person who walks by faith, right? Because faith is a trust and a hope in God who we know is, is leading us on into awesome and, and good things. And we all fear, face fear in some measure or another on a daily basis. But you know what? We just want to be learning more and more to learn, as we were saying earlier, to speak to those mountains, to speak to those things, and, and to declare those things that God has said, and, and not to walk in fear, to say to those mountains, or to say to Satan, you know, get behind me, Satan, for you've not in mind the things of God, but of men. And, you know, I take precautions. I've, I've probably washed my hands a little more than I normally have during this time, but it, and that's probably been about the extent of it for me. And just simply because I want to be a person who is believing that I'm not going to get sick. I'm not going to contract sickness. No, I want, I'm going to release healing. I should be believing that as I'm out there walking around that I'm actually releasing healing to people. Why should I believe that I'm going to contract sickness? You know, that's, I just think that's the opposite way of what God teaches us how to think and how to believe and how to walk. And as I say, that's not that you don't take some necessary precautions and things, uh, but at the same time, let's be living out of faith. Let's believe that, you know, there's, there's an anointing, there's a life that is to flow out of you and me to bless people and to minister to people. So I, I just pray this word's been encouraging for you. Um, this is who we are. In God we're sons and daughters of the living God we have an authority to to walk now we have a faith we have a hope you know of an awesome God and uh, if you're listening this morning and you don't know Jesus you don't know you know who that beloved is that you're accepted in uh, I just want to encourage you this morning if you want to pray with me and and just ask him into your heart you know that's how it happened for me I just came to this place where, as I say, I, I just said, God, I, I don't want to do things my way. I want to do things your way. And, and sometimes, you know, um, maybe you haven't murdered anybody or maybe you haven't done any of these great, terrible things that we often look at as being great sins. But sometimes the greatest sin is just living a life for myself, just, just allowing me to be, direct my own life, to just be my own Lord. And I came to that place where I said, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to live that way. I want, I want, to, I want to live for God. I just, when I saw what he did for me, the value he put upon my life, I just wanted to surrender. So if you want to surrender this morning, just, just pray with me. And just say, Father God, thank you for sending your only son. Thank you that I'm accepted in the beloved. Thank you for the value that you've put upon my life. 
and that I have been redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus. Lord, I give my life to you today. I lay it at your feet and I want your will to become my will. And I want to live the rest of my life for you. And I just want to thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So God bless you. Um, and just uh, thank you for coming and spending this time with me. And you guys have an awesome week. And we hope to be gathered together with you uh, really soon uh, in the near future. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.